1: Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston.
2: The title of the message today is This World is Not Our True Home. This world is not our true home. Taking from 1 Peter chapter 1, 17 through 21. The Apostle Peter makes it abundantly clear in this first chapter of his letter, that a Christian is a child of God by reason of the new birth. When you and I accept Jesus Christ as savior, we are born spiritually into the family of God. And from then on, we have the everlasting God who created all that there is as our father. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, "Our Father, art in heaven so when we are born into a family we share certain genes which are responsible for the family resemblances the older I get the more I realize how much I have in common with my father who passed away at age 59 not only do I have Certain facial features like his nose, ears, graying hair with a balding spot, but I also have his quiet personality. Like him, I want the things around me to be neat, organized, and to be the best of the best quality. Now, Peter is saying that Christians share their Heavenly Father's nature and therefore should reflect. His character in their daily lives. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15, Peter says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. The goal of salvation is to become like God, to become like Christ. We are to reflect his likeness in everything that we do. This means that the Christian believer must be different from those who do not have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Note, however, that because that, that to become like God is not something we achieve overnight. Holiness is a process, a becoming not a state of being. Peter not only calls us to live self-consciously as God's children, but in 1 Peter chapter 1, 17 through 21, which we are looking at uh, today, he offers some practical advice as to how we should live in the world in order to please God. And uh, first, Peter says, live as foreigners or strangers here on earth live as foreigners says one one version and uh, another version says strangers here on the earth in verse 17 of first peter chapter 1 we read since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially live your lives as strangers here In reverent fear. Now, this is the second time in chapter 1 that Peter tells us that we are strangers or foreigners in the world. Our true citizenship is not here in the United States or any other nation if we are believers. We are visitors, strangers, foreigners, resident aliens here. This is our temporary dwelling place. This world is not our home. Heaven is our home. That is where our mansions await us. We can be certain of that because God raised and glorified Jesus, and one thing our glorified Savior is doing for us even now is preparing our home in heaven where we will no longer be aliens but citizens at home forever. See, we are in the world, but we are not to be of the world. In John chapter 17, Jesus, in that marvelous prayer, asks his Father not to take us, his disciples, out of the world, but to protect us from the evil one. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, Paul tells us about the activity of the evil one. He says, Satan, the God of this evil world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, so they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news that is shining upon them. So, while sojourning here on the earth, we are in Satan's sphere of influence, in his territory surrounded by his subjects who yield allegiance to him and carry out his wishes. Satan will do his utmost to make life difficult for the children of God. He will cause us to be so influenced by the godless valleys of the world that at times we will forget who we are and to whom we belong. Sometimes... Satan will cause us to become so involved, seeking after material things, that we lose our interest in things spiritual. See, we are so busy at times chasing the almighty dollar that we have little or no time to serve the Lord or to serve others. We are wrapped up in our own interests, doing our own thing not realizing that we are being influenced by Satan, the God of this evil world. Satan will seek to corrupt our thoughts, kindle strange desires in our hearts, and tantalize us with forbidden things. He will trick us from time to time with his empty promises, but the old life of sin which we were once involved in will never fully satisfy us again. Because we have been given a taste of better things, we can never be contented with earthly things. So whenever we become too comfortable and lose sight of the fact that we are only strangers here, God jogs our memory with troubles, trials, and tribulations of one kind or another. For example, the economic recession of 2007 with its high unemployment, mortgage foreclosures, losses in the stock market, and declining retirement income were a reminder to his people that this is not our home. The recent uh, hurricanes, the earthquake, disastrous fires in California, and the loss of uh, Life in in Las Vegas are indications that uh, God is saying to us that we need to realize who we are. That this is not our home, and we are not going to find things perfect here. This we are just here for for a little while. The world is um, is our hotel, not our home. Uh, we are in transit. Uh, staying for a night and we will depart in the morning. See, no one lives forever here. We are born, we live 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 plus years. And if we are strong and healthy and blessed by God, we may live to be 80 or 90 years. And some people um, live to be 100 or more years, such as Sister Josephine Worrell. And the Sister, sister um, Beatrice Busby. But it really doesn't matter how long you live, because eventually everyone dies. We are all terminal. The only difference is, some of us know it, and the rest of us act like we are going to be here forever. See, Peter's purpose, in verse 17... Is to remind us that as members of the family of God, it is important that we live right in this world in which we are, which we are part, while residing among those who do not acknowledge Christ as Lord. So our life here should be a witness to our Father in heaven. Our behavior is not a private affair affecting ourselves only. The family reputation is at stake. The father's uh, honor and glory are at stake. So Peter reminds us that our father judges each man's work impartially. In other words, the father plays no favorites. He scrutinizes the behavior of all of his children. This fact should produce reverent fear in us, says Peter. But because it is our Father who is the judge, we don't have to be afraid of him. We don't have to hide or run from him. Reverend fear is a special kind of fear. It is the fear of incurring God's disfavor. It is fear that he will be disappointed in us. You see, there is much confusion about the matter of judgment. You see, there is a sense in which the judgment day for believers is past already. We who trust in Christ will never be condemned, for Christ was condemned in our place when he went to Calvary. So the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. He but that is not the end of the New Testament teaching on judgment. Though no believer will ever be banished from God's presence, all must give account of themselves in a private interview with God. Since 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, Paul tells a little bit more about this. He says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good or bad you see as Christians our works will be judged not to determine our eternal destiny but to determine our rewards in heaven you see the sad thing about this is that some people will discover in that day that they wasted their entire life on earth they did nothing to advance God's kingdom they were not interested in in, um, what God was doing in the world they weren't interested in pleasing him and serving him but what should we be afraid of? we should fear living as though we don't believe in God at all So when we let hurtful words fly out of our mouth, when we defraud each other, when we seek revenge um, on one another, when we have to be number one and win every argument, every game, and every competition, so when we cannot lose gracefully and with dignity, we are living as if we don't believe uh, in God, though we may Go to church every Sunday. See, brothers and sisters, we have a stewardship to answer for. We have an account to give. All of life is passing under God's review. The innermost secrets of every heart are open to him. We are being judged right now by God as to how uh, faithful we are in representing his interests here on the earth. We are being judged as to how involved we are in making, uh, in uh, making our time, talents, and money count for Jesus Christ. Right. So we need to be careful about what we do because we'll have to give an account at some point to our God. Amen. But the second thing that Peter says is: live as redeemed people. Live as redeemed people. In first. Peter chapter 1, 18 and, and 19. Peter says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So, we need to live not only as strangers in the world, but as those who have been redeemed at a great price. Probably the greatest truth about us as Christians is that we have been redeemed. You no, know, it is much to have been created, it is much to uh, be endowed with life in a world so full of marvelous possibilities. It is much to have a mind which can call up the past, interrogate the present, and anticipate the future. But it is more that we have been redeemed. Peter says the ransom God paid for us was not mere gold or silver. Now it is good to have wealth, and we need not be jealous of people who have wealth. But we need to be careful to understand that there are some things that money cannot buy. You see, money cannot compensate for broken vows. Money cannot bring back a loved one from the dead. Money cannot make up for lack of love. It is wonderful to have money, but it can only purchase things that are as perishable as itself. So when it seeks to enter into the sphere of the eternal, it is barred. Its currency will not pass. So there are some things that money cannot buy. You see, God could have given sons of gold, stars of silver, and constellations uh, glowing with precious metals. But none of these things was sufficient to free a single soul from the curse and the penalty of sin. Material things count for nothing in the weighing scales of eternity. And therefore, the creator could not give things but life. Not gifts but himself in order to redeem us. And so the price of our redemption is the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary. Now, how far was... God willing to go in order to save us? See Peter tells us in verse 20, speaking about Christ he says, God chose him for this purpose long before the world began. But now in these final days, he has sent to the earth for all to see. He was and this he did for you. You see, God planned our salvation before he created the world some people think that when adam and eve sinned god said oops i didn't see that coming as if the coming of christ was an afterthought in god's plan you see the opposite is true before the universe was created god knew that he was going to create adam and eve he knew that they were going to sin and to bring ruin and destruction uh, to the world and in the councils of eternity the father said to the son you must go to the earth to save men and women from their sins you see redemption was in God's heart long before sin entered the world what started before the world was, was created has now been made known to us because Jesus Christ came and died for us in order to redeem us from our sins. Amen. In his powerful sermon on the day of Pentecost, listen to what Peter has to say in uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse, and verse 20, 23. He says, this man, Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death notice the terms predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God this was not an afterthought this was not something he decided to do after he saw that what he did first did not work out so Peter is seeking to impress on us the surpassing wonder of what God has done for us as the basis of for us living holy lives here and now. In other words, when you're tempted to disobey and dishonor God, remember who you are. Remember the price God paid for your redemption. Remember God's purpose in calling you to be his son or daughter. Remember the inheritance that God is holding in heaven for you right now. Remember his protecting care. Remember his forgiving grace. And remember his promise to supply your every need. Right. But um, Peter not only tells us that uh, we should live as strangers and foreigners or, or foreigners here on earth. And that we should live as a re- redeemed people. But he tells us, number three, that we should live with faith and hope in God. Right. Live with faith and hope in God. In verse 21, 1 Peter 1. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And because God raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory, your faith and hope can be placed confidently in God. You see, faith is the key word in Christian living. And uh, Hebrews chapter 1 says, What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen it is evidence of things we cannot yet see in hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 and without faith it is impossible to please god habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 4 look at the proud they trust in themselves and their lives are crooked but the righteous will live by their faith This faith will carry us through every situation we encounter during our earthly pilgrimage. God, our Father, requires his children to live by faith in him. He does not want us to try to make it in our own strength or in our own wisdom, because our resources are inadequate for the living of the Christian life. But when our faith rests in God, nothing is impossible. So whatever mysteries we encounter, whatever pain we have to endure, whatever agony we have to bear, whatever mountains we have to climb, God will be by our sides. Have faith in God and everything will be all right. Have faith in God and the dark, tragic experiences of life such as we are seeing these days will not overwhelm you. Have faith in God and you can accomplish every task that he gives you. Master every situation that he places you in. Conquer every fear and learn from every situation. Faith is a victory that overcomes the world. But we are not only to live by faith, we are to live a life of hope. Hope is the assurance that what God has promised, we will receive. The eyes of hope given to us enable us to look beyond our present circumstances to the glory which is awaiting us in heaven. Brothers and sisters, my hope is to be like Jesus Christ, perfect in holiness. The Bible tells me that one day I shall be like him, for I shall see him as he is, and I believe it. Like others, I'm looking forward to pass through those pearly gates, to walk the golden streets, to stand upon the sea of glass, to be forever free of sorrow, toil, and pain. But these are only the lower joys of heaven. The highest joy is to be like Jesus, while I shall share my Redeemer's power, my Redeemer's joy, and my Redeemer's glory the greatest honor will be to become spiritually and morally like him Amen. to be pure even as he is pure yes. to be holy as my god my as god my father is holy yes. i don't know about you but i'm looking forward to the day when my savior is going to present me faultless before his glory the glorious presence of his father and so uh, today i can i can say with the hymn writer My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before his throne. Oh, on Christ. The solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org.